We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 25th, 2013. And today is kind of an unscheduled kind of update study. wanted just to go over some of the uh, breaking current events that are going on right now. Um, and uh, because there's so much happening on even a day-to-day basis, I just wanted to try to do a little study this week to kind of update everybody. Before we get into that, just some Bible verses to think about. And these Bible verses in particular regarding kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing and uh, why it's important to understand current events and how they relate to the Bible. The Bible says in First Chronicles 12.32, And the children of Issachar which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Uh, and then it says the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. Because they had understanding of the times, they knew what they ought to do. In other words, they're whatever revelation or biblical knowledge they've been given by God, they combine that with understanding, their understanding of the times, that was the key to them knowing what to do. Now, obviously, you you, you go with what the Word of God commands you to do, convicts you to do these types of things, but understanding of the times uh, helps that helps to form your worldview in, in how you should react in a particular uh, situation as well. Or the Bible talks about the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So, just something to think about. I, that verse is really pertinent regarding the day and times we're living in. Um, Acts 20.31 says, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. So, they were warning, in this particular verse, warning for three years, night and day with tears. Warning. For the most part, I would think we would agree that the 501c3 church is pretty much asleep at the switch, not warning the flock, not warning... There, there were. I saw this report today where uh, this just broke. It's so pathetic what the uh, I don't know. I guess the so-called church has become. Let me see if I can find this real quick. It was on Drudge Report, and this is a little bit different type of study. I don't have any PDF associated with this. I'm just kind of like winging it today, um, and. Um, Normally I'm putting together these 30 page, but that takes a tremendous amount of time. Then you com- you have to edit it, then you have to do the Bible verses with it, and these other things. So I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of wing this as I go, um, and um, see how this goes. This this format goes. I'm not saying I'm going to go over to this format, but um, the one thing about this is I can do a lot more um, with this type of format. Uh, Where's that one at here? Yeah, churches changing bylaws after gay marriage ruling. (laughs) 
This is so unbelievable. This is from Associated Press. This is so pathetic. Worried they could be sued by gay couples. Some churches are changing their bylaws. This is just this is just breaking today. They're changing their bylaws to reflect their view that the Bible allows only marriage between one man and one woman. You know, you're going to have to change the word of God, which can't be done. Because the Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. <laughs> it's set. It's settled. <laughs> you can't change it, you know. <laughs> and um, But evidently, they feel they can. They're changing their bylaws. Why don't they change their Bibles, too? They need to go in like the Jehovah Witnesses did before when uh, all they had was the KJV and before they had their New World Translation, and they would literally have their congregants go in and um, uh, cross out verses and things of this nature. And it's, there's some of those old Bibles still, I heard, available, like some old Jehovah Witnesses might have those, where they had their, their King James, or maybe it was passed down, um, and uh, where they actually show you, you know, these Bible verses need to go in these ways. And this is exactly what they did with all the modern-day Bible versions. When they had their New World Translation which was based out of, you know, the uh, revised version of 1881, which is was based off the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanus, um, corrupt Catholic manuscripts that Westcott and Hort translated, which spawned all the modern-day, virtually all the modern-day Bible translations. You know, this is how we, we came about with all these new versions, Mean in the NIV alone, there's over sixty-four thousand less words. Sixty-four thousand less words. That's a ton. I mean, that's almost ten percent of the total text. Almost. It's almost like a de- a demonic tide. The Satan here, Satan. We give you these words for the NIV. We sacrifice them to thee. You know, essentially is uh, what they were doing. I can't really see any other other uh, justification for it. You had rabid lesbians like Virginia Mullencon on the actual original NIV translation committee. You know, and that's just one of the corrupt versions out there. Now there's there's dozens and dozens and dozens of them that can all, every time they come out with a new translation, they can be copywritten, which means they can make more money. Whereas the KJV, other than in England, has no copyright on it. Can, this is why when you go into a, a dollar store, if they have Bibles in there, they're all KJV. Because it's the only one that you can just, you can copy and not have to worry about paying somebody else, you know, for that, for uh, the permission to do that. Anyway, but anyway, this is, uh, they're worried, these poor, poor 501c3 whore churches are worried they could be sued by gay couples. And so now they're changing their bylaws to reflect their view that the Bible allows only marriage between one man and one woman. Oh boy, what's this world coming to? Boy, the church, I tell you, the modern day 501c3 church in America, they have got problems. I mean, this is real problems here. Worrying about getting sued, you know. 
Um, you kind of compare that to, like, Fox's Book of Martyrs, you know, people being burned at the stake and tortured by their Catholic inquisitors and all of these manners of, of, of heinous, unbelievably horrific torture that they were enduring at the hands of the Catholic Church. Over 50-plus million martyrs proving that. And um, that's a problem, you know. Or modern-day people like in um, Africa or these places. I got a letter from a pastor the other day asking me to to pray for his church in, in uh, Africa that, um, you know, they were actually converting a lot of the Muslims in the region, but obviously there were serious reprisals. And, I mean, they'll come in and they'll, they'll, they'll burn... The whole village, they'll kill everybody wholesale. Muslim, these Muslims have no, um, no problem. Because they're, they're viewed as infidels. They're viewed as less than human. They're viewed as people that have to be purged off the planet according to the Muslim bylaws. According to the Muslim Quran and all their other unholy devil writings of this wonderful religion of peace, as they like to term it. And, um, that's a problem, you know. Uh, but our, our stalwart churches in, in, in America, the 501c3 corporate horse system that will be absolutely 100% assimilated into the coming one world um, religion of the Antichrist and false prophet, they're worried about getting sued by gay couples. It says, although there have been lawsuits against wedding industry businesses that refuse to serve gay couples, attorneys promoting the bylaws... Bylaw changes say they don't know of any lawsuits against churches. So there's not even any lawsuits against the churches. But they're, they're so, they're so spineless. These, these cemetery brainwashed, I mean seminary, brainwashed, 501c3, non-KJV reading, new modern version, corrupted version reading, worldly churches, are, are so worried that they might get sued by a gay, even though nobody's even done that yet. Now, I'm not saying that wouldn't happen. I think it would happen. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I mean, you know, it, <laughs> they're not even willing to be, the potentiality of being sued over this issue, much less dying for Jesus Christ. No. No. Critics say the changes are unnecessary, but some churches fear that it's only a matter of time before one of them is sued. Oh, no. Oh, no. What would oh, what would this world be coming to if one of these churches got sued by a gay couple? They might have to actually stand up for Jesus Christ for what the Word of God clearly states about the homosexuals. I mean, hey, in the Old Testament, it was, just a, it was just an instant death sentence if you were found doing it. In the Old Testament, it clearly defines that these, that when you do these things, men with men, women with women, it literally defiles the land, just like child sacrifice. It's just like a, there's a host of other things that defile the land. But I think these are some of the things that if you look in the Old Testament, you're going to see absolutely 100% that this is what's going on here. And when you do these things, it literally defiles the land. The Bible's very clear. I've given you all the Bible verses on that before. And that's what happens. So, again, I got uh, interrupted there for a sec. Uh, this is literally something that's defiling the land. 
you would think that would be the precedent. You would think that would be the important thing to consider uh, for the churches, defiling the land, the abortions uh, taking place, innocent the blood of innocent babies defiling the land, that type of stuff. No, 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 no. All we need, all we were worrying about here is if we could, the potentiality of maybe getting sued by a gay couple, which would be like, I guess, I don't know, a badge of honor, I guess. Of course, there's so many other things that are going on in the Bible 1C3 church that would need to be rectified as well. Anyway, so yeah, they're, they're worried about that. Um, and then it goes on to say, I thought marriage was always between one man and one woman, but the Supreme Court in a 5-4 to four decision said no, said Gregory S. Irwin, the attorney for the Louisiana Baptist Convention, an association of Southern Baptist churches, and one several groups advising churches to change their bylaws. Oh, good, so now we have the lawyers telling us what we biblically must do. I think that's why Jesus Christ said, woe unto you, scribes and lawyers. You know, that was one of the ones he indicted. Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes and lawyers, these types of people. You don't let some attorney define morality for you, which is what's going on here. Some bottom-feeding attorney, I'm not indicting all attorneys, but in this case, I would say he's an absolute bottom-feeder, and telling me what I need to do. Well, no. What you need to do, if you're going to go that, that route, you need to go in and start crossing out these Bible verses that pertain to these matters. Because it's, it's way too confusing for your congregation for you to be saying this, Changing your bylaws and then not changing your Bible. You need to do it all. Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna live like the devil, go ahead and do it all the way. God doesn't re- like us to be lukewarm. Remember, according to Revelation three, you're gonna live like the devil. Well, go for it. Go all the way. He doesn't like us to be lukewarm. He says he's gonna vomit the lukewarm out of out of his mouth, according to Revelation three, regarding the Laodicean church, which is the church we're in, church age we're in. Not all churches are obviously in that category, but I'm just saying in this particular case. So this guy from the uh, the attorney for the Louisiana Baptist Convention for the Southern Baptists, who have been absolutely totally infiltrated by the Freemasons, talked about that before, don't really take any kind of stance on the KJV Bible anymore. Maybe they did it one time. Uh, you could go on and on there about the Southern Baptists, all the stuff they condone. Because then he go, this attorney goes on to say, I think it's better to be prepared because the law is changing. America is changing. Yeah, into a hellhole. Yeah, and so we need, to, we need to compensate for this wonderful change that's taking place in America. So... This is all, and all these court rulings are changing. It says in June, in the June decision, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a provision for the Federal Defense of Marriage Act that defined marriage as between a man and a woman for the purposes of federal law. See, the thing is, is a lot of stuff I'm reporting on on a week-to-week basis, like today we're going to be talking about Syria, uh, there's all kinds of things going on with Russian troop activity, 
that I keep seeing more and more and more of. The reason that God's judgment is going to fall on this country is because of all the things the church has allowed and condoned. The not taking a stand, or, or a, a hard enough stand by far, on the abortion issues. Number one. Little innocent baby child sacrifice. It really doesn't get much worse than that. The pedophilia, um, the, the, all the wickedness that goes on in, in, in political office and, and things of this nature, the, the um, pornography, the gay rights movements, all these things the church hasn't really taken a stance on, the 501c3 corporate church, because they are yoked up with the government through that status, is the reason that all of this is ultimately coming about. Yes, it has to happen. Book of Revelation... Daniel, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I mean, you look at Revelation, it doesn't exactly look like a picnic, you know, in there for the world. Seven-year tribulation period, these types of things. Yes, it has to happen, but it's happening. It's cause and effect. So, anyway, that was um, just a side issue there that, that, you know, was regarding um, warning, you know. Going back to the Bible... 1 Corinthians 16.13 Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. What does the word quit mean in the um, KJV? Behave. We're supposed to watch, we're supposed to stand fast in the faith. The faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. For you are saved by grace through faith, and not not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, his shed blood, his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary to save our souls. We watch, we stand fast in the faith, we behave like men, be strong. Now, obviously, I mean, you know, it's not saying that to a woman, but it's, it means basically like, be mature, you know, um, Particularly when it comes to these types of issues. I'm not saying I can't be a big goofball, okay? And, and you know, I'm just saying that that this is this is a biblical principle here. I'm not acting like I'm Mr. Whatever Perfect over here. Um, like, oh, I walk around in, in, in robes all day and, and, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm so much, I'm, like the Bible says, come not down near me, I am holier than thou, in Isaiah 66 or <laughs> I'm not saying that, but, you know, these are just biblical principles we should be trying to adhere in our lives. Um, Then, 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. That's the norm. The norm is sleep. The church is totally, from what I can see, 501c3 style, totally asleep. If if that wasn't the case, they would be the ones doing what I'm doing right now. Or some other, you know, obvious ministries out there trying to do this. But there's very few that I see that are. They're asleep. There is a spirit of slumber on the, on the church. So we're not supposed to sleep as do others, which is the norm. But let us watch and be sober. There's a lot to watch for now. A lot of, you know, Second Timothy, I mean, and you could give these verses to somebody that says in the 501c3, oh, I don't want to get into all this. I just want to dwell on the love of God. 
I'm not saying the love of God's not important, but there's other things that also pertain to the days and times we live in. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us, as the Bible clearly states. So, this is why we do these things. Um, 2 Timothy 4, 5, But watch thou in all things, it says this over and over in the New Testament, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And then regarding just the deception that's really coming, the main deception, Luke 21, 8, Jesus said, and he said, Take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. Many. There's all kind of, I get all these emails from people all the time about this dude in like some remote part of it, and he's saying he's Jesus. Or he's saying he's the Christ. And I'm like, I can't keep up with them all. It's like so many counterfeit Christs out there already. It's only going to get worse. It's like, you know, Satan has like the Baskin Robbins of all the, the Messiah false Christs out there. You know, 56 flavors or whatever it is. There's like probably 5,600 flavors or more of all the false teachers and false Christ. People just want to clamor to follow something, follow something false. Most people. You know, look at all the people in false religion on the planet. The vast, vast majority on their way to hell, unfortunately. And they're just clamoring. As long as they don't have to, to, to follow... As long as they can follow somebody and do it their own way, their own works earn their way into wherever they think they're going. Heaven, Nirvana, Hell, wherever they think they're gonna the big party's gonna be at the end. That's what they pretty much do. As long as they can do it and take credit for it, and that they don't have to answer to a holy God. Those are the main criteria I've seen people have to adhere to in order to get into a false religion. Or they'll invent their own religion. Well I'm basically a good person. God wouldn't send me to a devil's hell, because I'm basically, oh, and now you're the, the one judging if you're a good person, by your own standards. Well, the Bible says, his ways are not our ways, and his ways are higher than our ways. You know, we can't even comprehend that. So, not a good thing to do, if that's the mindset someone's in. So Jesus said, take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near, go ye not there after them. Boy, it, the time's nearer than ever. So be really careful what ministries you're following as well. Be really careful. I have gotten to the point where it's just less and less and less ministries I even refer to. I'll glean, but so many people are, are like, oh, we have prophetess whatever, and they've got about 1,400 false prophecies, and everybody just ignores those. Oh, no, no, those are, those are past. Well, you better check Deuteronomy 18, and um, a few chapters before that, on the test of a prophet, because the Bible's very clear that if the prophet says something, 
There's two criteria. Number one, if the prophet says something, it has to come to pass. And this isn't 50% of the time either. It's not like a psychic, well, I got it right 15.8% of the time. Well, you know what, Mr. Psychic Devil, you're, you're a false prophet. You got some, you have some communication with the familiar spirits that your familiar spirits are talking to. Big whoop. Who cares? That makes you whatever. I mean, on these crime cases, where they'll have these crime cases, it's, it's, it's standard procedure. They'll have like hundreds and hundreds of, of these psychics call in and say, oh, I see the body here. And they'll go check it out. It's not there. Well, I see the body here. Another one calls. Oh, oh, it's not there. And then, like, they'll finally get one where he kind of nails it. What is that? How, how do they know that? Well, okay, here's the deal. When a murder's committed, I know I'm getting way off track here. A murder's committed, that familiar, there, there are devils that were there and observed that, right? I mean, we, okay, devils we can't see. Okay, so the psychic, who is demon-possessed, essentially, has his familiar spirit, you know, uh, having a little uh, coffee clutch with the devils who just saw the murder committed, and they, you know, they have a little bit of, uh, you know, interaction there. And so then the psychic gets this whatever revelation of where the body's at. And so, and it's not a big deal. It, it's not like, oh, wow, that's so amazing. That's how that happens. That's just one example here. So, um, you know, definitely be, be very, very leery of that stuff. Okay, so test of a prophet. Has to come to pass. And I'm a hundred percent of the time. This can't be a prophet that's doing it. Well, he's seventy five percent accurate, but the other twenty five, you know, you know, no, hundred percent hard hard criteria to meet. And whatever the prophet says, uh, if you go uh, forward a few chapters from Deuteronomy eighteen, whatever the prophet says cannot point you away from the word of God. Now I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but those are the two criteria. I mean, if the prophet said whatever he said came to pass and he's pointing you to Satan, think about it. Okay? Those were the criteria. Now, what was the penalty? If you didn't meet death, people are so flippant today with prophecies. I have never claimed to have a prophecy about anything other than what the Word of God clearly states because I know the Word of God is 100% accurate regarding you know all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled alone Hundreds, um, uh, unbelievably, totally accurately, that's the kind of accuracy that we need to have. But there's so many ministries now that it's, you know, oh, this and that, I had this dream and this and that, and, and I'm not saying that they couldn't be hearing from God, but just be very careful, because I think a lot of these so-called ministries, particularly end-time, um, alternative-type ministries, I really think that when things get bad, they're going to be, they're getting bad information on a certain level. There's leaven in their ministry, in other words. And Jesus Christ said, a little leaven leaveneth a whole lump. Leaven is a type of sin. But it's also referred to where Jesus Christ said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. Well, a lot of these ministries base whatever their ministry is off these prophecies, which is their doctrine. If anything is contradicting the word of God, 
any of these prophecies, stay away from it. I, I saw a great example of this the other day. I read this supposed prophecy on one of these alternative sites. And I'm telling you, it looked, it literally sounded like it was from God. It really did. It was very accurate to the day and times we're living in about a lot of the things that are going to be coming to pass and things of this nature. And then it gets to the end, and you know what it says? I couldn't believe it. Satan's so good at what he does. He says, yes, and this is how it literally ended. This was like the last line. It said something to the effect of, uh, and make sure that you uh, avail yourselves to the priests out there that can, that can um, you know, how they do, the, the priests have certain things that they can like perform last rites and confession and things like this. It said that. This was supposedly coming from God. He's going to use the, the black-robed, pedophilic, devil priesthood that has the blood of 50... 50 plus million martyrs of uh, tons of them were true Christians alone during the Inquisitions alone on their hands. And he's going to use the black robe devil priesthood of the Catholic Church to, to actually um, sanctify the body through their sacramental things of the priest. So you got to be really super careful. Jesus Christ said, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. These false prophets, these false Christs that we're talking about here, they shall deceive the very elect. I just point people to the word of God. I don't point them to myself. I don't point them to no ministry anymore, no book anymore. You, know, you got to read this book or whatever. No. I point them to the word of God. That's it. The KJV Bible in the English-speaking language. Man is a man, and man can fail you, and if there was any other time in the history of mankind where people can be deceived, now is the time. There's more devils being unleashed right now than there ever has been, ever, I believe, uh, other than maybe the days of Noah, which Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, so we're living in that exact time, essentially. Uh, deception is the norm. It's not the, the exception, it's the norm now. So, I point people to the Word of God. The Word of God, the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word. It, it sanctifies us, it cleanses us, and it will give us discernment, clear thinking, uh, these types of things. Meditating on the Word. Uh, that's where I really believe a large portion of our time regarding these types of matters needs to be. And again, not even dwelling on the current events. Um, we're, we're to be understanders of the times, according to First Chronicles 12.32, to know what we ought to do, but you have to have that in combination with a clear understanding of the Word of God. So, um, anyway, that we'll just go, I just wanted to kind of cover some of those verses today here. And I didn't do that last week and uh, my daughter, Taylor, wasn't real happy about that. <laughs> kind of forgot. I didn't... There was so much audio that we were covering last week. I just... And I've been so behind on trying to get these studies out because of all the breaking news. 
and getting flooded with emails that I, I, I didn't get that in there, so I apologize for that. Now, this is a, a video that just came out today, and um, it's entitled False Flag, World War Three is Upon Us. So it's kind of a happy title, and um, this is talking about now the Syrian, the whole Syrian thing, which is such a joke, and we're going to prove that. Not a joke, but a um, just, again, once again, a total deception. Anything that Obama is behind is always a lie. Always. He's incapable of being behind anything good. He's just absolutely 100% incapable. I've never seen a, a president such a, such a pure evil, 100% given over to Satan nature than this devil. And his whole regime is. You know, if the head is sick, the body is going to be sick. And, um, you know, when the, when the wicked rule, you know, it's just a, a really, really, really bad place to be. Um, wherever a society is where the wicked rule. And there's a lot of Bible verses that, that allude to that as well. And the Bible says the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Psalm 12, verse 8. Think about that one. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. And Obama, I mean, in within liberal the liberal community, he couldn't be more exalted, even though he's absolutely, totally destroying this country, lock, stock, and barrel, from every in every type of way that he could destroy it. I understand he's a figurehead for the Illuminati, but he is the he is the tool that is being used by Satan to enact these things, and um, more aggressively than any other president I've ever seen since since uh, in the history of America, much more aggressively. So when you see all these wicked people coming out of the woodworks. And they're receiving all of these protected statuses. You know, well, that's what we should pretty much expect in, in the end times. So, in this video, I'm just going to play a few clips from it here. We, we don't show the bodies of children without a good reason. But this is potential evidence that chemical weapons were used. And here at the Pentagon, officials have updated the target list for potential airstrikes in Syria. Okay, so notice, what are they doing? They're yoking up. We don't show the bodies of children unless there's really good reason. Okay, well, wh just today, I got on CNN in the morning, and, you know, the, the, the story is Syria to let the UN investigate. We're going to look at that, okay? Um... And it says, one of the, the top link you can go to is horrific video we must show you. Okay, what are they doing? They're playing on everyone's heartstrings, essentially. All of these little children dead because of the wicked Assad regime. Because they gassed all these innocent little children. Okay, well we're going to look at the, at, the, at the likelihood if that's true today. But again, this is the main thing. They're trying to incite people to rage so that we'll just go along. Now remember, I've, I've went over this before. They've done everything they can do right now to topple all these different countries in the Middle East to install the more radical elements of Islam. All of those nations are Islamic. But 
most of them, or all of them, every single one, I should say, that has been toppled with the aid of our of the U.S. government, at the behest of the U.S. government, we have installed much more radical elements of Islam in the leadership. Why? Because they want World War III. And they realize that the current dictators that were in power in those governments had enough sense to understand we really shouldn't be messing around with Israel unless we absolutely have to. Israel wasn't messing with them. Okay, and I can, I can understand. You can say, yes, the Zionists are doing this. Okay, I'm not saying there's not wicked people in high places in Israeli government. I'm not giving them a pass either. But they're not, Israel doesn't like, you know, every time, um, nobody's given Israel any land. Israel gives the land, what was what is their reward? Well, they just move the rockets in a little bit closer so they can get better beat on the civilian population. It's, it's classic, it's been going on for decades and decades here. Land for peace, all this garbage, okay? The, the, Islam's... One of the main tenets of Islam is is the total annihilation of all infidels on the planet, the Jew first, and then whoever else wants to challenge us. And that is their absolute 100% plan. They're pure, wicked, and evil. There is nothing good about Islam. Nothing. It is pure wickedness and evil. And I mean, I have reported on this over and over and over again, the fruit of that wicked devil death cult. And their first main target is total annihilation of Israel. And what they're trying to do is get all of these um, dictators that are in these countries, and sometimes maybe you couldn't call them dictators. Now, the, the one in the current crosshairs is the Assad regime. Get them out. Install our more radical elements so that when World War III happens, it will be on a much more united front with Islam totally coming against Israel, and they'll all be on the same page because they're all, you know, these are these are people that are, you know, ready to die for Allah, the moon god, at a moment's notice. So now we're trying to facilitate all that happening, and this is exactly how they're doing it. They're playing on the heartstrings with the the, the little little children being gassed. And let's play this a little bit more. Officials are telling us that Assad's forces are moving, and so the options available to President Obama have to be current. President Obama, Satan himself, okay? So I'm, I'm sure Satan is really concerned about doing the right thing over there, right? Because he's such a wonderful, uh, you know, devil from the pit of hell. But he's, he's a devil that has a heart. Every new image from the site of an alleged chemical weapons attack in Syria pushes President Obama harder to defend his red line. Oh, his red line. And when they asked the Obama White House chief the other day about the red line, about all the Christians being killed over there, now I understand a lot of them are Catholics, but they're being, they're being killed under the God. A, a Muslim doesn't care if you're a Catholic or a true born-again believer. That doesn't matter. The fact that you are calling yourself any kind of, in any kind of Christian way, you're dead. And I'm not going to condone that, you know, obviously. I want the Catholics to get saved. I want the, the um, Muslims to get saved, if that be possible. It's just that they're, they're lumping them all into the same category. When they asked the White House correspondent the other day, I watched the interview, they said, well, what about the red line regarding killing Christians? And he says, well, I didn't bring my red line pen today. He literally joked about it. And there's 
I'm sure at this point, thousands of Christians dead over there as a result of, and I've given you all the reports. I mean, like, you know, these dudes, they're, they're, they're so beyond demon possessed to the toenails. These guys that are doing this, these Islamic people, I mean, they hack off your head. The one guy, you know, hacked off the head, put it on a grill, and was, you know, then they'll have the body there, and they'll literally show the guy cutting the body open, cutting out the liver and the heart. He has got the liver in one hand, the heart in one hand. He takes a bite out of each. We've had all those videos. I mean, this is not something that's some aberration. This is something that's the norm and will becoming more the norm as more devils, as these people become more demon-possessed. Which is really what we're talking about here. We're talking about demon-possessed people that are um, bent on the absolute total annihilation of anyone they would deem an infidel. And it's getting more and more radical. And it's going to be getting more and more radical. And the New World Order looks at them like a useful tool in order to implement their agenda. And they can blame it on them when the time is right and then pull back and not have to supposedly take any of the blame. So, this is what we're dealing with here. Seeing indicates that this is clearly a big But the outrage among U.S. Meanwhile, 4,000 plus babies die in America today and every day. And, you know, this is, this. but see, they created this. As we're going to see, this is something that that um, the um, rebels, which we have been backing, and all of these different campaigns going on in the Middle East, we're backing them. We're giving them. We're we're supplying them with weapons. Remember that boat, that barge that we had talked about. I don't know about a month ago that split literally in half. I think it was in the Indian Ocean that was literally taking munitions. It was a barge, uh, freighter tanker barge thing that was literally loaded with hundreds and hundreds of containers of weapons and ammunition, literally going to supply the radical Islamic elements fighting in the in the, these Middle Eastern wars. It literally broke in half on the Indian Ocean. Uh, those were some crazy pictures, and that was that it was one hundred percent true, verified. That did happen. So. This is what we're dealing with. So now, if we skip ahead here, okay. So it, you, you basically get you're getting all these news reports now. Of uh, again, it's it's just they're trying to get problem, reaction, solution. They're showing you the problem. All these little innocent children and people dying and writhing in pain and foaming at the mouth from the gas attacks. All of the body bags lined up. Problem. Your reaction. Oh, I can't believe this. Oh, Obama, save us. Do whatever it takes to get that Assad regime out of there. Those butchers. Now we're going to actually, and then the solution, obviously, we go in there and we basically take over, you know, and install their, our puppet, radical Islamic, um, incredibly more radical Islamic dictatorship in there, following suit with all the other countries we've already done this to, in the Middle East. That's the that's the plan here. That's what's most likely going to happen. And this will fulfill biblical prophecy regarding, I really believe, this World War III that's coming in there will be the linchpin for pretty much every other thing that we've been waiting on. Economic collapse in America, 
false flag attacks taking place here because, see, when this all goes down, when World War III happens, we're viewed as the great Satan anyway. They're going to allow whatever false flag nukes, suitcase nukes, dirty bombs, anthrax attacks, who knows whatever else, of all the Muslims, of all the, the radical Islamic elements that are already in place in sleeper cells, they're called sleeper cells, in America, and have been here for decades, and are and have come up through the the um, the un uh, with unfettered access through the border from Mexico, uh, went over all this many many times. They're here. They're waiting. They're just waiting for the go signal to poison the water poison the water supplies to distribute biological agents to. Uh, set off false flag nukes, that by itself could initiate martial law. It could initiate some type of... Um, you're going to have all of this stuff going on at the same time for maximum shock and awe value. Uh, then you're going to have the Middle East war going on with Israel and the the, the Middle East. And then in, in all of these things, that there, who knows, there might be a pandemic along with all of this uh, going on. They might release something at that point, some biologicals that, um, you know, kill people in mass, um, martial law will be declared, uh, banking holidays will happen, the money will become worthless overnight, American currency, which is backed by nothing, then you're, you're going to have all of this stuff taking place at the same time, you're going to have FEMA rolling out with the uh, foreign troops on the streets, uh, there's going to be a sweeping gun confiscation being being declared. Obama will do this. We just we're going to look at that as well, um, where they're going to go door to door confiscations. These types of things. You're going to have all this stuff going on at the same time, and the gun confiscation is a huge thing because they're going to use all of these these events that are going on in order to do that, and in order to justify it, and um, on the heels of all of this chaos and just nuttiness, then you're going to have the Antichrist and the false prophet, most likely, with him, coming out saying, listen, I'm a man of peace. I got everything figured out. Everything's good. Come on, Israel. Come on, Middle East. Let's sign the seven-year peace treaty. And we're going we're gonna to have this all figured out, and, and I can bring, and he's going to be so convincing, and there's going to be, this is going to be accompanied by signs, line wonders, and miracles, whereby which they, the false prophet and the Antichrist, will deceive the whole world, and the 501c3 church, who's already deceived, essentially. Um, and they're all going to get on the same satanic page, just like the Bible predicts. 100%. This is the way I see it going down. Whether that Antichrist or false prophet is Maitreya, the UN United Nations sponsored Maitreya figure, you know, I don't know. I think he's a great candidate. Uh, I think he's going to play a part in it. I think he's going to be part of these uh, supposed ascended masters that come at that exact time. UFO sightings, UFO landings, this is going to be accompanied most likely with this. Because people are going to be in a maximum mode of desperation. Then you, if you compound that by having now all of a sudden you got this guy that has all the answers, supposedly, and then he's got this cadre of people, uh, these godlike demigod figures who say basically, hey, you know what, we, uh, we got all this figured out. All these UFO guys, they work for us. And we have technology that can solve all the world's problems. We, have, um, we can bring world peace 
and we're also incredibly intimidating. Plus, we created you. <laughs> Just a little side note there. We're your gods. And, you know, we created you millions of years ago, a.k.a. the ancient astronaut theory, which is what intelligent design is actually based on. And you mess things up so bad, we got to come back and kind of straighten everything out for you. And uh, we're going to do that. And we're going to offer you a chance to be gods like us. We're, we got a great deal for you. Uh, just bow down and worship us. Take the Mark of the Beast. Now, it won't come right away as far as the Mark of the Beast. Um, but And um, just be good little slaves, and, and everything will work out just great. Um, they're not failing to tell you, though, that if you take the Mark of the Beast, you're going to burn in the lake of fire forever, and there's no way around that. Okay, so... I uh, saw this article the other day about that, and they, and they say, um, they were saying, well, they're going to force you to take the mark of the beast. What if they force you to? They're not going to force you. The Bible says, he causeth all, the King James, he causeth all to take the mark. Okay, what is that? If you break what that word down, what that means, essentially it's like, You're ushered up to the guillotine. Okay? They're not going to forcibly inject you with a microchip. You're going to have a choice if you were put into that position. Okay? The choice is, here's the guillotine, here's the mark of the beast. Okay? Our little uh, injectable microchip gun. Um, Listen, the choice is up to you. I highly advise you take the mark of the beast because then you can avoid the guillotine. Granted, you're going to burn the lake of fire forever, but you know you'll have you'll have some temporary reprisal here. That's causing. Okay, forcing would be them taking you forcibly and injecting you without you having any say so. No, it's got to be a choice. Satan has to have it. Ha- there has to be free will involved in regard to that. That's how they're going to cause. Cause is not the same as force. So I think that's something very important to be to understand. They're not going to force. They're going to give you the option. Yes, it may be under incredible duress. Still an option. Okay? Don't take the mark. Ever. Unless you want to burn in the lake of fire forever. Because the Bible is very clear on that. There's no, there's no, you know. So that I think that's something important for us to understand. So, um... I'm going to go ahead and get into this video. We're going to hear these guys commentating. They, they, it's very insightful, and I think it does a really good job summing up what I'm, the, what I'm trying to convey here about what's going on in Syria right now. Okay, so we're going to continue here with the uh, commentary on a lot of these videos that they played. They played about nine minutes up to this point. And then the commentary, which will give some, not some, but total pretty much total clarification on what's really going on here. One of those things I want to talk about now is some breaking news, I guess, related to Syria. Opposition says as many as 1,300 killed in a gas attack near Damascus. Here we go again with the false flag gas attack, as if I I don't think Assad would be that stupid. He's actually winning this so-called civil war and revolution over there. Um, We've been talking about it for the last year. But now, here's a pretty good excuse. You've got a few developments of your own related to Syria. Is this it? Are we going? 
this is it. This is uh, this is what I think is going to be the the big one. If they're going to make a move on Syria, it's it's going to be as a result of an incident exactly like this. And unfortunately, this is the one we've been waiting for. Let's just put this in perspective for people who don't know about the history of this uh, chemical false flag idea. In December of last year, there was a video released with some of the uh, the Syrian rebels going under the name the Almighty Wind Brigade. Um, make of that what you will. Showing them in okay, so they're actually showing these chemical agents that these rebels in Syria were in possession of, you know, going back almost a year ago. And they were openly proclaiming we had this stuff. And obviously if they have it, they're going to use it. And this is... So it's not like there's any mystery that these rebels in Syria the ones that we would be backing, America, would have this type of, of, of warfare, warfare agents. Graphic detail, killing a uh, rabbit with a, a chemical in a beaker, um, which they, they insert into a, a, a chamber in which this rabbit's being kept. It dies a slow, horrible death, which you can watch on YouTube. And then the uh, person comes out and says, uh, you saw what happened? This will be your fate, you infidel Alawites. I swear by Allah to make you die like these rabbits one minute only after you inhale the gas. So those are the Syrian rebels, who we are now asked to believe are the victims of the chemical weapons attack, using... Makes a lot of sense. They've been threatening this. They're they're threatening these Alawites, um, this other sect of, um, I believe, of Islam, that aren't as radical as they are. So that's what I said about Islam. You could say, yeah, but there's moderate ones, and they're peace-loving, whatever. They're all going to be put in a position, whether they want this or not, where they're going to have to choose. And the thing is, is this would be like a lukewarm Christian, okay? Islam is not going to let you, as a moderate Muslim, they will not let you stay in that position if they have anything to say about it. The more radical elements of Islam are being true to the Islamic faith. They're fundamentalists. They're true to the fundamentals of the tenets of Islam, which tells them to behead, kill, and slay the infidel. The Jew, to the Jew first, essentially, and then anyone else that would get in their way and not convert over to Islam. That's what the Quran tells them to do. That's what their unholy writings say, and their clerics and whatever. This is what they're all telling them to do. This is being fundamental to their faith. Like a fundamental Christian follows the tenets of the Bible. So, these are just lukewarm Muslims. They're going to have to make a choice. And you better believe when they And I guarantee you, in, in the areas where, uh, you know, you have Islam at, like, you know, 90 plus percent, and probably much littler numbers than that in any particular Middle Eastern country. There were a lot of moderate Muslims there, maybe at one time, that were forced to, you know what, I think I'm going to get on board, because I really don't want to die. Because they will come after you, like they're going against these Alawites, and they're like, well, you're, you, you, you infidel Alawites, you're not being true to the faith of Islam, we're going to kill you, because you're no better than the, than the uh, infidel Jews and the infidel great Satan Americans or whoever else, non-believers in Islam. So that's, that's what's going on here. Weapons on record in December. Uh, later in December, uh, 
uh, in Aleppo, um, one of the, the main Syrian uh, jihadist strongholds, the jihadist al-Nusra Front, which is linked, has been linked to the mythical al-Qaeda beast, um, was uh, overran a chemical factory, uh, specifically a chlorine factory, uh, in the Aleppo area. And lo and behold, in March, uh, the next year, March 2013, there was an, a chemical weapons attack uh, in very near Aleppo, in a, in a village just to the west of Aleppo, that was uh, initially, they were trying to blame it on the Syrian uh, military under Assad, but it, as it turned out, in fact, it was the Syrian military who died in the attack. 26 people died, including Syrian military officers. And it turned out not to be a chemical weapons attack, but in fact a chlorine agent attack. And where did that chlorine source from? Could it be the chlorine that was seized in the, uh, the factory raid in December the year the, previously by the Al-Qaeda front? Um, all signs point to yes. Uh, later in the, the year, uh, later that month, actually, um, you have uh, reports coming out about that incident, and uh, again, it's, it all seems to source back to the rebels, and uh, in fact, it was the Syrian military that died. In May of 2013, in May of this year, you had uh, the UN weapons inspectors coming out and uh, the, for, with their commission of inquiry on Syria, and they found, quote, uh, according to the testimonies we have gathered, the rebels have used chemical weapons, making use of sarin gas. So the UN officially came out and blamed the rebels for using chemical weapons in May of this year. And, uh, and then, uh, just two days ago, you have a UN chemical weapons expert team arrive in Damascus, in Syria, uh, to start uh, a fact-finding mission about the use of chemical weapons in the country. And now here we are, and uh, as we're recording this, it's August 21st, uh, so um, so two days after they arrive, uh, there's this chemical weapons attack. And uh, now we're being asked, at first it was 200 dead, then they said 500, then they said 700, now they're saying 1,300. Uh, we'll see what that number finally fixates on. But uh, but the, the point of this is the UN chemical weapons inspectors arrive, and then two days later, literally 15 minutes from where they're staying, uh, near the uh, the Damascus airport, there's a chemical weapons attack that we're now being asked to believe was committed by the Syrian military. So apparently Assad waited for the UN chemical weapons inspectors to arrive in his country before using chemical weapons on, on the militants in, uh, in an operation that uh, can't be understood in any other way than a suicide mission that was not only a suicide mission but completely unnecessary because, of course, the Syrian military had has had the upper hand for the last several months in that conflict. So now he goes and creates the stupidest possible move that he could possibly do by gassing his own yeah. civilians while the UN is right there. And now right. we have Britain and France calling for a UN Security Council. So hopefully you can see, and if you didn't get all that, back up the, the, the stuff and listen to that part again. The guy did a brilliant job of explaining it. It would be the stupidest thing on the planet for the Assad regime to gas his own citizens right when the UN inspectors got there. But it would be not, uh, it would be totally not unexpected for the rebels to gas these citizens and then blame it on the Assad regime when the UN inspectors were there. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't even make any sense at all. And this is all the things that they're basing. Oh boy, Obama's really, really mad now. Big man on campus. He's going to come and he's going to really lay down the law. This is the red line. You can kill all the Christians you want, but, but you know, you know, you can't be doing this stuff, even though it was obviously the, the rebels who have had this, who have had these chemical agents. They've bragged about them. They put videos up on YouTube about this stuff. Um, they've taken, you know, they, they've done all of these chemical attacks already. 
And they're, they're not being scrutinized. Now, there's a little bit in the news saying the Assad regime's blaming the rebels. And they've got proof. It'll show you about a two-second clip of the actual proof where it says, we have, we have, um, uh, I, I saw this today actually, we've got these, these agents that we've got from the, uh, this radical Islamic element that's coming against the Assad regime. We've already got proof that they're the ones that did this. Here's the proof. Here's the chemical weapons they were using. But that'll all be ignored. You watch. That'll all be ignored. No, no, no. It's the Assad. No, we have to topple the Assad regime. It's not radical enough. It's not going to play ball with us. We want our own puppet, radical Muslim dictator in there. We want the most radical elements of Islam in every country in the Middle East. So when we impose World War III, we'll have maximum carnage. We'll have maximum attack on Israel. And World War III will go much more according to plan. Now, the Alawites, <clears throat> just for some clarification here, the Alawite state, uh, <clears throat> known in French as the Alawites, is named after the locally dominant Alawite sect of Shia, sect of Islam, uh, was a French mandate territory in the coastal area of the present-day Syria after World War I. Um, and the term of the use Alawite was advocated by the French early in the mandate period, and referred to a member of the Alawi religious sect. Now, obviously, these are a much less radical sect than um, the uh, current radical Muslims that are that are trying to kill them. And again, that's what they you know they they were proclaiming there, you Alawite infidels. Okay, they're not being true enough to radical Islam. And therefore, anybody that is more of a radical nature will want to kill somebody that they view as lukewarm. This is just, this is how it's going to go. And this is how the whole um, religion of Islam is becoming more and more and more radicalized. Because they're not having, they're not giving them any choice. It's like, you either do this or you die, essentially, is what we're dealing with here. Uh, <clears throat> This is present day. As the Syrian civil war progresses, there has been widespread speculation that there will be reprisals against the Alawites. Now, this is this is right up on the uh, an explanation of what the Alawites are, uh, leading to speculation of a recreation of an Alawite state as a safe haven for Assad, and the leaders should Damascus finally fall. And there's that Bible verse about Damascus that has never been fulfilled about Damascus falling. Okay, so um, I just went and did a quick keyword search for that verse. Isaiah 17.1 The burden of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap. Now, there's already been footage over there of really look like some type of small nuclear device being set, set off in that region. Okay? Um, they've got those capabilities. They've got the money, you know... <clears throat> It was one of the biggest explosions I've ever seen. If that if that was some type of, of um, I don't know, TNT or whatever, dynamite, I tell you what, they must have been using, like, you know, a semi-truck full, because it was unbelievable. Uh, Damascus has never been destroyed as a city. Okay, so this 
Bible verse, these Bible verses have never been fulfilled. It shall be a ruinous heap. These are yet to be fulfilled. This is a linchpin. Um, this is another thing that has to happen, most likely leading up to World War III, for us to go into the tribulation. And then it says, the cities of Ar are forsaken. They shall for they shall be for flocks which shall lie down, and none shall make them afraid. The fortress shall also cease from Ephraim, and the kingdom from Damascus, um, and the remnant of Syria. And they shall be uh, as the glory of the children of Israel, saith the Lord of hosts. So, Damascus is prophesied to be a ruinous heap. This Bible verse has never been fulfilled, and it's probably never, well, obviously it's never been closer to being fulfilled as it is right now. Uh this is one of the big linchpins. And here, reading from this description, and let me just read that last sentence I said again, and then I'm going to read the next sentence. It really is going to bring things into light and into clarity. As the Syrian civil war progresses, which is what is going on over there, okay, there's been widespread speculation that there will be reprisals against the Alawites. Well, what were the, what were the radical Islamic Muslims that we're backing saying? Death to you infidel Alawites, okay? leading to the speculation of a recreation of the Alawite state as a safe haven for Assad and the leaders should Damascus finally fall. King Abdullah II of Jordan, who is also another one of these nations that has been much more favorable toward Israel in times past. It's, they're not like Iran, okay, where they just want to annihilate, I'm sure certain people in there do, but the state as a whole hasn't. King Abdullah II of Jordan has called this scenario, meaning Damascus finally falling, as the worst case scenario for a conflict, fearing a domino effect of fragmentation of the country along sectarian lines with consequences to the wider region. See, this is, in other words, this is some of the last domino pieces in place that have to fall. And again, it, it is being, it is fulfilling scripture. And it is leading up to World War III. And Damascus is prophesied to fall. It's gonna happen. Okay? It's going to happen. And probably what they're gonna do is foment war. They're probably gonna say like, yeah, Syria, they bowed up to us even worse. And they, they, they shot more chemical weapons at us. So now we're gonna have to just annihilate Damascus. I don't know whether it's going to be, we've already got battleships over there. Right now, front page on Drudge, last time I checked, let's just recheck it. Who knows what's going on? I mean, it's like minute-to-minute news here anymore on on what we're looking at. Um, Let me see here. Drudge Report. Again, we've just totally been proven that there's, there's... you know, like next to zero, unless the guy just got like lobotomized and like drank five gallons of stupid juice, um, why would Assad gas his own people when the UN inspectors got there a few days earlier? Oh, now's my opportunity. I want the whole world to come against me. Sure. I'll wait till those UN inspectors get here and just gas all my own people. And make sure there's a lot of children in there, too, for maximum impact. Why would anybody, when he's winning the war over there in that region against these radical Islamic uh, Muslims, why would anybody do that? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And 
Here, we have further confirmation because the world and Obama is saying, oh, no, no, we, we, oh, oh, you're such a, a, a morality compass, Mr. Obama. And we know that if, if you're gonna, you know, be the big man and, 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 and really put down your foot and say, oh, this is the red line and you crossed it and I'm gonna have to send battleships into the area and we're gonna have to annihilate. Well, we know that that's the truth. It must be based on the truth, right? Well, it's always the op- exact opposite. Okay, when it comes to Obama. Whatever he's for is evil. So, White House official. This is the top story on Drudge. Very little doubt now. Quote, very little doubt. Assad regime behind the chemical attack. (laughs) It makes no sense whatsoever. And hopefully we've, we've proven that. Syria has agreed to an open UN inspection. They're saying, they're saying, listen, dude, we, we didn't do this. Sure. Come and inspect us. You know what the UN inspected. The UN is pure evil. Okay, Satan, come in. Please give us a good inspection. We know you won't lie on us. We know you'll be you'll be above board, and you'll give us you'll give us you know uh, a, a good result, a, an honest result. That's like you know, it's it's just Satan. Okay, come on in. I'm sure I'm sure you're not going to do us wrong. Um, and then Hegel says, U.S. is prepared for all contingencies. We're ready to lay down the law to those, that wicked Assad regime for what they've done against those little children. And we'll keep, we'll keep broadcasting it in your face to get maximum shock value. So you'll do essentially whatever we tell you to do, sheeple people. That's what they're saying. Um, so that, those are the, that's the main, main Number one report right now on uh, Drudge Report, and I'm, I'm clicking on the first one, senior administration official, very little doubt, Assad regime behind alleged chemical attack. What a bunch of garbage. It's all trumped up lies and news. And they have total, they have total control of the information, or not total, but a, a ton of control over the information. They have total control over mainstream media. You know, you, you're, you're going to get it maybe on a local level or from leak, leaks or whatever there is, is permitted to get out. But, um, yeah, so they're saying there's very, very little doubt. Well, if there's very, very little doubt, then we know that they're going to go in there and Syria is going to continue to resist. They're going to say, no, you're liars. We didn't do it. And the world, uh, the UN and these are going to say, oh, no, no, you're lying you're the bad guy. No, no, we're going to have to take you out. He's not going to go peacefully. They're going to annihilate Damascus, probably. Which, again, huge, gigantic linchpin here for um, really the pathway to Jerusalem in World War III. This is big, huge. So, this is what we're dealing with now. Um, and they're even allowing the UN inspectors to access... Um, it will allow the UN inspectors to access the site of the attack. They didn't want to at the, at the beginning, I think, because they knew they were going to go and get framed. They knew that they were going to, and they and they are. It doesn't matter how nice they play with these people. The only thing that would matter to them, I think, at this point, is if they said, "You know what, Satan? Okay, we give in, and we're going to allow you." And I'm not saying the Assad regime, some puritanical whatever. Okay, obviously, I would never say that either. But I'm, I'm just telling you, they're, they're playing ball with pure Satanism here, essentially. Um, 
they if they came to them and said, you know, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll capitulate. We'll we'll let the I'll step down. I don't think they're going to do that because how is Damascus going to be annihilated? Now, unless Damascus is is annihilated at a later date, which could be theoretically, I think though now if there was ever any time in history for that prophecy to be fulfilled in Isaiah 17 verse 1 I cannot see a better time than right now. Because obviously, I don't think the Assad regime is going to agree, well, yeah, we did, oh, yeah, wow, you know, you got us. We gassed our own citizens right when the UN inspectors got here. We were just, we were just, you know, having some fun. And, and you know, we don't have half a brain in our head, so why, well, you sure we did it. Because we're idiots. We're morons. And and we like to do moronic things. It's fun for us. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so, let's see here. Yeah, after reports that Syria's regime will allow UN inspectors to access the site of the attack, the senior administration official suggested the move may be too late, though. Why? Oh, the regime's persistent shelling. Why? Because they're trying to beat back the, the radical Islamic uh, devil Muslims that gassed these people, well, I can't imagine why they'd want to shell them. Uh, that that has significantly significantly corrupted the evidence or the crime scene in the area. Oh, bummer. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> if the Syrian government had nothing to hide and wanted to prove to the world that it did not use chemical weapons in the incident, it would have ceased its attack on the area and granted immediate access to the UN five days ago. Well, if the radical Muslims are still there, how can they cease attacking it? What do they do? Just let them take over that area? They probably would have pulled back anyway just to give the UN inspectors what they wanted, but you know. Anyway, they're going to be framed, and we're going to, probably this week, we're going to have, we're going to uh, declare some type of war on the region or something to that effect, is the way it's really, really, really looking to me. And um, it's going to be a big frame-up, and I think Damascus possibly, I'm not no prophet or anything like that, but again, there, I, if, if it's not destroyed, it will be destroyed at a later date to fulfill prophecy. Um, but there's a very good likelihood it looks like they will be. So let's go back to this original audio that we were listening to take immediate emergency action on the issue. So here we go. Um, if they're going to make any sort of move on Syria, I think it's going to come from an incident exactly like this. When it came down at the end of the day, they justified the attack on Iraq because Saddam Hussein gassed his own people, gassed the Kurds, which technically weren't his own people, but um, and technically he didn't gas them, at least according to Stephen Pelletier, uh, who was a CIA guy on the ground over there at the time. But it really worked. It was pretty potent, and it's just amazing to see the playbook just rolled right out again. But CNN will will show the dead people, just like Oliver North told me, when they wanted to get people to take the anthrax shots in the military, they would show them a grisly scene of somebody dying from anthrax, and they all lined up to take the shots, even though sometimes the shots even killed them. But people are going to see the the twisted faces and the, the disgusting debris of humanity, and they're going to want something done, or minimally they're going to turn their head and cough and not pay attention when something is done. This is the red line. Now we'll see if Obama obeys 
The first one apparently wasn't potent enough, so they've done it again, and they've left him, at this point, I guess, no choice, not that he's making the decision, but that he'll to go along with it and to get out and start selling it like so. Again, they're reiterating what I said about the whole thing with they're just, they're going to show these grizzly pictures, they're going to emphasize the kids, just like the Sandy Hook shooting. We have to do this for the children, even though they're the ones that have instigated it or put the weapons or the bullets or the chemical agents in the hands of the perpetrators. (laughs) So this is how Satan operates. That's exactly right. It's uh, an absolutely ridiculous story on its face. There is absolutely no reason that Bashar al-Assad would do this unless he was utterly, completely insane and suicidal. And uh, unless we go along with that narrative, there this stinks to high heaven. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what facts they come out with and how they support this. But uh, the UN Security Council looks like they're going to be holding some sort of emergency meeting on this. So we'll have to see what comes out of it. Of course, each side in the conflict has accused the other of using chemical weapons, each side having its own agenda. And outside nations backing the government or the rebels have also gotten involved, generally backing their allies' version of events. So all of this really has become part of political manipulation. President Obama has declared that if there is any proof that chemical weapons have been used, this would be a red line that would trigger American involvement inside Syria. And just a very short while ago, I spoke to William Engdahl, a geopolitical analyst and author of Myths, Lies and Oil Wars. He believes the report is nothing short of an anti-Assad media campaign. The Syrian government, the Assad government, has absolutely nothing to gain by using chemical weapons, and they know that. Uh, I think the key point here is is the point that uh, Obama made this very... Now, we're getting this from RT, okay, on all you know, Russian Today, and we're actually getting some truth, you know, some sanity here, just, again, pointing out the absolute 100% obvious about this whole whole charade here, and he's just reiterating that. Unfortunate statement, pinning himself in, that if proof of chemical weapon use by, by the government uh, is demonstrated, that's the red line for U.S. military involvement, no-fly zone, the whole thing. And uh, this has become now the, the line in the sand issue between war and not war on the side of the U.S. and, and NATO in Syria. So... I think that did a really good job of summing up what's going on over there. So whatever we whatever goes down here in the next week, you know, view it in 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 light of uh, the information that we just went over. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and and end part one here, and we'll probably do one more part here to cover some other uh, current events. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part two.